welcome to another episode of How You Can Too with your host, your boy, Alvi, a.k.a. Danny, a.k.a. Mr. You Can Too. I have an amazing show in store for you today. I have Dr. Crystal Gifford in the building. She's the author of Money Shot and The Money Makeover. And in this episode, we take a deep dive into some of the common money blocks that people have, how you can overcome these money blocks. We talk about Crystal's journey of being a financial professional and a professor to going into bankruptcy to then becoming so successful that she was semi-retired and that's where she currently is now. And we also talk about her views on prosperity and how prosperity is actually a more effective thing to aim for as opposed to abundance. So we have a really dope conversation on all things money, which can be a very taboo subject for so many people. So it's awesome to be able to have such an open, vulnerable, and really heartfelt conversation on the subject. If you enjoy this episode, please, please, please share it with your family, friends, and loved ones. It would mean the world to me if you leave a five-star rating and a review of the show. I honor you. I appreciate you. I love you. And as always, you can too. Enjoy the show. Ladies and gentlemen, you are in for a special, special treat today. I have the one and only Dr. Crystal Gifford in the building. She is a visionary whose business strategies create passive and residual income for her clients, giving them the freedom to do the work they want and live the life that they want, which I think is so important and very synergistic with my work because I am all about people living their dream life and living a life that is filled with fulfillment, health, and joy along the way. Crystal is also the author of The Money Makeover, and Money Shot. Crystal, welcome to the show. Hello, Alvi. Thank you for having me. No, oh, it is my pleasure. Ever since I met you at Miami Made, you have this energy that is just, it's, it's so open, it's so giving. And once you gave your talk all around financial matters and you know financial security and just money mindset and things of that nature, I knew I had to have you on the show. So I appreciate you being here. Well, thank you so much for acknowledging it. It was really a fun talk to give. And, you know, when when you see an opportunity to share a fresh idea with someone and maybe just shift a mindset, the simpler we can make it and the more connected we can make it, the better it is. And so I'm glad to hear that it landed that way for you. No, for sure. And I love how you really make it a huge point of emphasis to make money simple because I make up that there's so many people and I know I've been here where I just want to overcomplicate money, make up stories that, you know, making money is hard or, you know, not having a super healthy relationship with money based off of, you know, my relationship with my parents and how I saw them struggle. What do you find are some of the common blocks that people with money struggles typically have? Well, there are many often when you meet someone and they tend to be in a general area, which is either there's some programming behind the scenes. You know, this is something they grew up with. Their grandparents modeled it, maybe even their parents. 
uh, their caretakers. You know, we're in mixed families now. We never know where it's coming from, but you'll see these general kind of blocks. One is that you can, there's only a certain amount. Most people believe that up to a certain amount, okay, you could be a good person and do that. But beyond that level, even if someone says, oh yes, I have a good money mindset, what I see over and over is they still have this idea, or like you said, they make up a story that anyone who has more than this threshold, whatever that is for them, must have done it in a not so, not so in integrity way. So, you know, they must have done something bad or they must have done something evil. So the first one is that there's often a misalignment between what they think they want and say they believe and what they actually believe to be true. Because if you want to be a good person and you want to have a lot of money, but underneath you believe that good people can't have a lot of money, then how are you mm. ever going to marry those two? That's such so a with, great point. Yeah. So the first one I would say is that misalignment. And it's not about judging that part of you that's misaligned. It's about seeing it. And what can you see that you can say, oh, well, look at that. I sure see this now. And then you can do something about it. I was 40 pounds overweight at some point. Alvi, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. Mm. I was. I had gotten to this I love myself place. But I didn't look in the mirror and see the weight. The scales told me, but I couldn't see it. And then one day, I saw it. Mm. And from that day forward, it was easy. I set my mind, and in three months' time, that excess weight was gone. It wasn't like the work was easy. It was just easy to do the work. Mm, I love that. I love that. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest shift there is the second one that you asked me for the blocks. The second one is that it takes too much, like it's too hard, it's too big, right? It's a big job or I'm this in mountains of debt or whatever. And it's that that idea that it's bigger than us or that we can't or it'll take too much from us. And the truth is, it really isn't that big. It's truly the smallest steps done consistently with time that make the biggest impact. But that's not what they tell us in the media. They tell us to do things fast <laughs> and be quick, right? right? So, sure. so, so there's a disconnect too in what we see in the external world and what we feel could be true, but we haven't maybe seen it modeled or we, we kind of have to see it work sometimes, right? My son told me, well, I'll believe this when I see it. And mm. that's awesome, but how do you see new things if you don't believe new things? Facts. Facts. And I love what you say about the first and the second step, because in this first one of misalignment, what comes up for me so much is awareness, right? It's being aware that, you know, the current situation or the way that I'm seeing something is the way that it is. And now with that new awareness comes choice. And then in the second one where people might think that it's too big for them or it's going to take too much to do because we live in this microwave society of now, 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 it's realizing that taking the small consistent steps are 100% within our control. So I love those two aspects. Uh, absolutely. And if you notice, both of those are. Because we can't control what programs were given to us when we were children and even as adults, as we stepped into adulting. We can't control what programs were handed to us, but we can become aware, like you said, to, to connect to the awareness. Oh, 
I see this programming. I caught myself saying money doesn't grow on trees. Okay, well, why would I say that? What is the benefit of that? Allowing it to be that served when your family felt overwhelmed about all the expenses and they wanted you as a child to leave them alone <laughs> so that they could do their job, right? And stop wanting something that to them was trivial. But remember to you, Miss Five-Year-Old, Mr. Five-Year-Old, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. You're five. And so then you've got this idea that, okay, money doesn't grow on trees. Therefore, I need to not want so much. Mm. It's not mm. bad that you have that awareness. You decided to help your family. You thought, I want a little less so my family can be better. So we build these stories there, and it's not something to be judged. And this is probably, Alvi, if I have any central theme in my message over and over and over, besides it's fun, because of course yeah. it's, <laughs> my message is truly like have fun with it and then let's go with it. But the piece, when you talk about blocks, my heart goes straight to people have so much judgment mm. about this. Like you said in our conversations before we got started, money is so taboo. And a young child will ask someone, well, how much money do you make? And parents immediately, oh, don't ask that. That's embarrassing. That's rude. Why? And so for me, I'll look at the parent. And if it's okay with them, I say, is it okay with you if I answer? And I'll say, well, honey, as a professor teaching other people, there's a salary. And that's this is how much I make as a professor. As an entrepreneur, I have an opportunity to make more. And sometimes I make a lot more. And sometimes I lose some. And so that's an opportunity for children to be exposed in a healthy way. I love that because it makes a lot of sense. Like I know I've had times where when I was little and I would ask really just about to my parents about money and my mom would just like give me the craziest look on like, why are you asking me that? Or like these are adult problems, like literally use the word problem. So as I'm growing up, I'm thinking that money is a problem. It's so crazy. Oh, that's so powerful. And see, that's where you see this awareness. Oh, wait, I have an idea that money creates problems. Well, then why would I want money? Right? So think about this from the internal self. Well, then why would I want money? That's problems. I'd rather not have money than I don't have these problems. Well, we know that's not true, right? We know the problems of not having money. Right. But, But to the part of us, whatever age we were when we made that choice, that's the understanding we're coming to it from. And it's not wrong, it's just no longer serving. So now we have awareness and we can say, okay, I see this, I would like to shift it. When I was 40 pounds overweight, it wasn't until I saw it and said, oh, whoa, awareness, right? What are you doing? What is this? No, this is not acceptable. And something had to wake me up and then I looked at it and I could have said, oh my gosh, it's so much weight. Well, I may as well quit because 40 pounds is a lot, right? That's like a small child. Uh, I can tell you a lot of reasons that I could have said, never mind. I'm just going to stay this size. But, and I'll tell you how to get over that because it's like, oh yeah, you say consistency, Crystal. How do you get consistency? When what you see in front of you and the vision you have is bigger than any obstacle in front of you, you're not going to consider the obstacle. You're only going to look at the, the, you know, I own the prize, as they say, and you're going to focus there and you're going to go after it. And whatever it takes, that's just what you do, because that's what right. it takes. 
Right. right? Think about ask a mother who has to feed three kids and has no money. She finds a way. Yep. Right. Ask a dad who's looking at his hungry kids and says, I can't find work. He's going to find a way to feed those children. Absolutely. And so we, we can connect to the vision that's bigger than us, that's bigger than any obstacle. And that's how we get past it. Not by just acknowledging it. Awareness is good. But then we say, okay, what do I want that's even better, even bigger? What can pull me forward so strongly that no matter what happens, I'm getting back up? I love that so much because in the same way that you're talking about money, I see so many parallels to my work as a holistic life coach, right? And it's so funny that you brought up the weight example. But when I'm working with my clients, the first thing I have them get clear on is what is your dream life or what is your one love? Like that one thing that you are willing to, like you said, overcome any obstacle that comes your way because you are so connected with this big dream or this big goal this big love and it's literally the same exact thing with a person's relationship with money and wanting to change that once the awareness is there it's understanding like okay what is this thing that is so big that i am willing to put in the work to overcome all of the self-limiting beliefs ineffective habits or self-sabotaging um, aspects of my life that are currently happening. Exactly. And just like if you were going to plant a garden and you put the seeds in, well, you're going to have to first get your hands dirty, right? So we, we dive in and you look at what is. And instead of judging what is, you just look and say, okay, this is what it is. It doesn't matter what is. It only matters that you're willing to look at what is. Because we can go anywhere from anywhere. We just have to accept where we are. If I force and try to push the GPS, come on, take me, you know, take me <laughs> to uh, California. And where are you starting? Well, I'm starting in Hawaii. No, you're in Miami. But no, pretend I'm starting in Hawaii. I'm never nah. going to get there. <laughs> but I wanted to start in Hawaii. Well, thank you, but go to Hawaii and then let's talk then because I can't help you until this. So it's really about not only acknowledging where you are, but being willing to get your hands dirty, to dig in that garden, to sit, to acknowledge to yourself that maybe not everything in there is going to be super fun, right? Sometimes the stuff we have to use to get seeds to go, it doesn't smell so great. And, but we're willing to dig in there a little bit. And the next thing in this analogy, think about the seed you plant. Don't expect you're going to have a garden full of wealth in three days. <laughs> you know, this is not a magic garden. We're not putting in <laughs> seeds in there. It's, it's, it seems like magic once you catch on because you can create yourself over time a harvest that seems like it doesn't run out. But if you try to go dig up your seeds right away, you never get to your harvest. Mm, I love that. I love that. It, it sounds a lot to me like really embracing the process and understanding that this is a journey and it's going to take some time. Absolutely. So then it's not too big because you don't have to do it all today, right? So this is the, the value of that. Okay, I know what I need. I am aware of where I am. I've accepted that. Now I'm going to move forward in a consistent way because the vision is big enough that it's worth it. That every day when I get up, I care about that again today. And I, and maybe for me, I don't know about you, Alvi, but for me, I had to make the decision 
and be done with deciding so that I don't wake up each day and decide if I'm changing my life in this way today. I get up and say, okay, what am I doing to change my life in this way today? Mm, I love that. Like it's no longer a thought. It's now about the action. There was no willpower in the food I ate. I did not. I, I chose personally. I recognized and needed to be done right now with with the excess weight and I needed my lifestyle back. So for me, I looked at it and I said, okay, every time I take a bite of something that's off my program, I'm saying to myself, okay, well, I can delay reaching my goal by a few days. That's okay. Mm. And so I just did it. Not one time in three months did I go off course. Now, that that's how important it was to me to make that change. And the same thing happens with your money. Make it something you can do. If it's saving $5 a month, who cares how small? Be consistent in it. Or if, if you can save a penny a day, right? Just whatever it is, do something that's consistent. We can grow the amount as your wallet grows. I have strategies, lots of strategies for that. Uh, but if you're consistent, what you're going to find out is it just becomes a part of who you are. And it's a little win and another win and another win. And every day that goes by, you're one penny higher than you were yesterday. Eventually, interest starts to come in, right? And so you're just one click more, one click more. And then one day you're going to look up being busy in your life, but you've included this consistent strategy. And you look back and go, wait, what? What? How did I get here? I can't stress enough the power of consistency. This, I guess, probably because it was the longest lesson for me, Alvi. I, I was like, no, no, big, 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 do it big. But big uh, didn't get me there. Uh, that, that's so fascinating. I love how you share that because I, I very much share with you this idea of being like a visionary, right? And I know for me, being a visionary is having this, you know, huge ideas these these huge pictures painted of what i'm looking to do and accomplish yet earlier in my career i wasn't taking the step-by-step daily consistent actions to actually have my dream come true and i can see how that works directly with money as well if i tell myself like i like i know for me personally it's like I want to be an abundant person, right? Like I'm looking to have an abundance of finances and time so that I can essentially make a huge impact on myself and with filling up my entire cup, being able to make a huge impact on others in the world. Yet in order for me to get there, it's all the steps you just said. It started with being aware of where am I currently in my journey? And then from there it went with, okay, with that awareness, Am I going to make new choices, which I did? And then from there, it was the consistency in understanding like, okay, every single day I get to make these deposits and not literal deposits because that would be nice too. But in terms of putting in the work to essentially learn more about finances, to be putting money away, to better understand different vehicles to do it, understanding my offerings, understanding, you know, other revenues of income. But it all started with a very similar process that you're talking about right now. It's like, I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. It's And it's, you know, it's really fun once you get going. It. I know people think, oh, the money stuff. And, oh, I have to, you know, for some people, it's just, they don't like looking in mirrors. They don't like looking at their finances. They don't uh-huh. like. And I'm like, but see, I love mirrors because every time I see a mirror, 
I get to look and say, am I representing myself the way I think I am and the way I want to be? Mm. So rather than judging it, and this is that piece I, I always drive home, when you let go of judging the where you are and the choices you've made, and that let's say you're in a mess. God, oh, I have a story. If you want to dive into that, I have messed up in my life so much. I, I would love to hear it. <laughs> and, and the biggest thing that helped me was letting go of judgment. So I, I will share if you'd like. So Please. for me, I, in my, we were talking about in our early entrepreneurial days, I had, I like to call it now because if this is a non-judgment place that I even speak with myself, in that early, those early days, I had more passion than wisdom. Mm. And so while I understood the knowledge from 19 years old, I was 14, my parents, we moved into the basement of a church because my dad had a church stream he wanted to keep alive and I, we couldn't have our home and our church. And so you can imagine at 14, <laughs> that's devastating, embarrassing, and all the things. And I remember from that early age making a decision that I would never be broke. Mm. So then I studied finance starting at 19. As soon as I was going to get married, be a young mom, or I was already a young mom, and I was going to get married, and I thought, I got to know money. So I rushed out, and I learned money. So here we are. We're moving into life. Now I'm a single mom who's a professor and an entrepreneur. And as I said, I had more passion than wisdom. So I had all the knowledge. I, went, I, I backtracked to let you understand. I had knowledge. I understood money. I had been studying it since I was 19 years old. But my passion superseded my knowledge. And I went all in. And I used my personal credit to make things happen in my business. I went after the vision of a business without ever just pausing to say, does it really work? Do people really want this? You know, all the things you need to do. But because I was good with money, I had a lot of it. And then because I had great credit and I was so good with money, they gave me even a lot more of it. You can see where the story's going, can't you? For sure. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing it. <laughs> and, so, and so as you can imagine, I went after it, went after it. But I was so busy. Every problem I had, I would just throw more money at it. We're going to fix it. Throw more money at it. We're going to fix it. Rather than going, maybe there's a fundamental flaw in the approach. And so before long, it did finally happen that I chased down the dream a bit, you know, off a cliff. And uh, about five years ago, I ended up in a situation where I went bankrupt. Wow. And because I had tied my personal life in with the business, that meant me personally, not just my business, going bankrupt. And now I want you to be here with me for just a moment. I'm a financial expert. That's what I do for a living. And I am bankrupt. Mm. I've had bad real estate deals. I've had bad business deals. I've tried. I, I would hear an idea and I would leap <laughs> and, and find out I can't fly. Sometimes mm. I would fly. And <sighs> so here I am sitting and I've done everything supposedly right. But I am out of ideas and I was part of a layoff and it was <laughs> you would think a layoff would be the worst thing that could happen to you but without that job and without that income I could no longer keep my ship afloat wow. and it took about a year and a half but finally I admitted it and I let it sink mm. <laughs> 
Yeah. So it was not a fun time in my life to, at that time, I, I looked at it like, wow, I really, really failed. But by the time I actually decided, made a decision that this is not a ship I can save anymore. I mean, I cashed in retirements. I did all kinds of things. I did everything wrong. Everything I would tell my clients never ever do. Mm. And, uh, but when I finally looked at it and I would let go of the judgment, because at this point, I really did have a failed business idea. I was in a point where using bankruptcy as a tool is why it was designed. For people like me who went after it, didn't quite nail it, okay, refresh, right? Right. And you might think, well, go get a job and dig yourself out, Crystal. Well, I did the numbers. This is where, again, the knowledge does come back and help us when we're ready to apply it as wisdom. And I took a look at where I was and I said, okay, let's say I get a, you know, find new income source tomorrow. And I did the numbers and it was gonna take me more than 10 years to dig myself out of the debt hole I had created. Mm -hmm. And I just made a choice that I love myself more than anyone's judgment about what I do on my financial doorstep. And I made a decision to file. Mm. It's powerful. And I I wasn't going to do it, though. I remember I'm the expert. So if I couldn't walk out and tell people that I filed bankruptcy, I wasn't going to do it. So I had to get to a place where I let go of the judgment within myself. And I was a rough couple of years before. It took me two full years to finally reach that decision once I knew it was time. What what allowed you to get to that point? Because I can only imagine from like, you know, like an identity standpoint, how you were speaking on it. It's like, (laughs) hey, this is who I am. This is my profession. I am a financial professional and I do this at the highest level. Yet it's like, okay, what were the stories now you're telling yourself about like what it meant about you to be potentially filing for bankruptcy? Yeah, well, like you said, there was a huge identity there. As you can imagine, this is what I do. I teach money and I didn't I did it wrong. And uh, part of it was a deep internal journey. I went through what many people call the dark night of the soul for about a year. Right, yeah. (laughs) I went deep. Hmm. I went deep. And I even stepped away from some of my friendships for the season because I knew what I was going through was deeper. In fact, I I have a lot of spiritual practices and my own Mm -hmm. spiritual guidance system told me that I will drown my friends in this because it's not theirs Mm. to walk. And so I I went to a solo journey and I went in and I said, what do I need? And I really accepted, you know, I went through all the stages of grief. My mom actually had passed away during the season. So it opened up Mm. a space of grief that, you know, grieving a job is not something mentally crystal would have allowed herself to do. Uh, But because I was grieving a mother, I had the opportunity to grieve And now I said, well, while I'm here, you know, and it kind of just happened naturally, but while I'm here, while grief is acceptable, maybe we'll talk about grieving the loss of a business and the loss of a best friend who was killed by a drunk driver and a son who got in trouble for a little while, (laughs) you know, like letting yourself go there. Right. It's not fun. It's not pretty. The garden, sometimes the dirt smells pretty bad, (laughs) you know, (laughs) for sure. And yet you just got to be willing to go there. And 
for me, I just went there until I loved myself enough to say, I forgive you. Mm, That's powerful. I forgive you for making mistakes. I forgive you for watching yourself make those mistakes, knowing better, right? Because that's the biggest thing. You knew better. It, you know, you can know better but not do better, I've heard some people say. And yeah, I was, I, was, <laughs> I was knowing better but not doing better. And for me, the final piece of that came also when, number one, I just surrendered that if I never – give anything else to anyone else in this lifetime I've given enough and that's okay because maybe no one cares what I have to say after this right this is where you this is where I am in this space maybe no one's going to ever hear a word I have to say now Mm. maybe or maybe just maybe someone else has been here and they're glad to know that someone else said you know what you can do that and then you can come up out of that. In fact, the, the name of my phone right now, I call it the Phoenix. Hey. <laughs> because this is the season of uprising, right? So I'm yes. still in that uprising season. Uh, you know, five years later, I'm talking to you from a semi-retired place because I was ready to not sell my time anymore to the institution and just do my own thing at my own pace. And I saved up and I used the principles I know to make it happen within five years. Mm, that's powerful. That's a <laughs> hell of a turnaround. Five years ago, I was bankrupt. Now I'm semi-retired. I just, I think about the power in that story. But long before I clicked that button to file, I got here to this story of how powerful it would be to file bankruptcy and to use my knowledge and to use my wisdom to make a, a miracle. I didn't expect five years bank, uh, to uh, retire, to be honest. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, okay, I'm going to work, whatever. But to be here five years later, I already took myself there in my energy long before anything got better. For sure, for sure. It's like you tapped into the way of being before you saw the results of what it was you were looking to achieve. Yeah, and my, my personal belief is that's the only way we create anything. First we, go, first, we create the energy. And, you know, I felt myself in this space. I would walk that way. You know, I have a couple of personal big goals now that are, you know, uh, about some projects we want to initiate. And I'm asking myself when I wake up in the morning, how would a person who operates this kind of institution, how would that person wake up and feel? What would she mm. think? What would she drink? How would she be? Doesn't mean I'm there, right? It doesn't mean that I'm saying I'm already being that person. But if I want to be that leader of that kind of institution, then I must wake up every day and say, okay, what does she do? That me who is doing that. And here it's I am so today. You know, it, it, yeah. it's like five years later, I'm here. And I'm like, even I look at my life going, what? Wow. Wow. I'm really here. And it really is possible. It really, truly is possible to be anything you want. A hundred percent. I I love your story and I can't wait until you drop your memoir because, geez, like there's going to be so much power (laughs) in the journey that you took. Like, And one, I appreciate you being so open and vulnerable and sharing that, you know, you went through this period five years ago where it was time to file for bankruptcy 
and how that had an impact not just on you professionally but also personally because of how your your credit and everything was all tied in and through your journey and going through the dark night of the soul for you know over a year and doing that personal inner work you were able to transcend it in five years which is incredible incredible like i think about the stories that i hear of other people and just of those around me and you know bankruptcy can can have a a really hard effect on somebody for the rest of their life but it's something that you were able to transcend in five years with your ways of being your belief in yourself asking the questions of okay how does a person who wants to be on top of this and be at the pinnacle of their life how are they showing up and that's something that you continue to do every day and i know that that is going to inspire so many people. So for everyone listening, understand, just like Crystal said, anything is possible. Oh, anything is possible. And that's one of the early, early phrases I heard when I was raised in a very religious environment. And when I started to kind of break out on my own, and like started to question, right? Like you're poking your head out. It's still a little scary to take that leap. <laughs> And if anyone's ever been inside of a a strict religion, they maybe can relate to that. It's like a little scary, but wherever you've been, right? It's always scary when you go outside of what you've known. Mm -hmm. And so it started to, uh, for me, I started to become curious and like, well, what, you know, and the first phrase I ever saw is what else is possible? Mm. And I said, that's it. Whenever I find myself thinking something is the end like okay we've hit the end of the maze you know we didn't win there we can't get out what else is possible oh could we climb the wall could we dig underneath is there you know is there a trick mirror is there a button somewhere and so like just to always understand that no matter what anything else is possible so it's your job only to ask what else is possible I love that. I love that. I think that's the the quickest way of getting unstuck is asking what else is possible. Absolutely. That's huge. Yeah. How, how do you find that term showing up or how do you find other people embodying that when they do feel so stuck in whatever their current financial situation is? Yeah. Well, the first thing I notice is... A, <laughs> For whatever reason, Alvi, you know, everybody has that thing that people come to them for. Mm-hmm. <laughs> My, people come to me when they want to do something a little outside of their normal. Like, oh, I'm going to stretch my boundaries, maybe go against mm-hmm. what my parents want or what my spouse wants or what, what somebody else wants for me. And I, I think somehow my energy must be an enabler because that's what comes to me over and over and over is, is people asking, well, you know, like, well, what, what can I do? And so I find that professionally, when people come to me, it's usually they're trying to, they're about to take a big leap. Like, oh, okay, I'm gonna make this big change, I need to know. And so the first thing I do is I hand them a metaphorical billion dollars. Nice. Because now we've eliminated all your stories around money. The next thing I do is I take them a little bit into the future. So five years usually works for most. 10 if they need it but the reason we're doing that is because now we've we've eliminated any money limitations they have on themselves and we've eliminated anything that time could 
could heal, right? So we, we tend to remove limits when we give ourselves five years, 10 years for something, we can believe it. If I say a year, you know, if I say, oh, I'm gonna have a million dollars land in my lap tomorrow, that's harder for me to believe than if I say, oh yeah, I'm gonna definitely have millions of dollars coming all the time in five years. Yeah. So it opens that possibility. And so from that place, I, you have, you, you can have someone just like, what, what would it look like now? What, what are you going to do with your day? The biggest one isn't the house they're going to have, the car. That's all cool. And that opens it up. And it's like the warm up of your yoga routine. But the juice, <laughs> the juice happens when you say, okay, you wake up in the morning. What does your day look like? What is your, you know, is, is there sunshine on your face when you wake up? Do you wake up straight into coffee or do you get up and exercise? Is there someone there with you? And when you can get someone's mind on what their day looks like and they start thinking of building a life based on just what does a day look like? Now it takes all the pressure off of finding the money for the house. Now they've got billions of dollars, so the house is already what they want. There's none of that to want anymore, right? So we're removing all the stuff and we're getting down to the person. And then, okay, you've got all this stuff, what do you do with your day? And you'll find that most of us want, maybe our day looks a little different, but the basics that we want kind of look the same. Right. And so then you can choose to want a Lamborghini in your driveway and you're still going to a workplace, which is totally cool, right? Or you could choose to have a Toyota in your driveway and you choose what you do with your day. And neither of those are wrong. That's what I want to be clear. A lot of times when we go see a financial planner, they only think about one thing, which is you having enough money when you retire. Right, right. Do you know the statistics on that? Can I share that? Is that okay? Please, please. That'd be amazing. So when people retire within three years of retirement, a large majority, and I'm going to say when I studied it, it was 70 some percent. It may have changed now. 70 some percent of those people will die within three years wow. of true retirement. Now, why do you think that is? We could go into that all day long. I won't take us down that rabbit hole, but that means that, you know, we're, we're getting bored, we're getting whatever, maybe we work right up until we can't, whatever the reasons are, do you really want to spend all of your life thinking about that period of time that statistically you're going to live about three years? I know I don't. It's not motivating, right? There's no motivation <laughs> for me either. And I know this stuff. This is what I teach. So when st- so what we like to do is we take 10% of your energy and put it on that time when you want to stop working. And we make sure that you're set up so that it'll be fun and you don't have to die in three years, but you're still living with purpose and fun, right? So Because you've designed your life that way, not just waiting to get out of a job. I have oh, a lot 100%. of percent about that anyway. Oh, <laughs> I'm right there with you because honestly, I feel like, so just a, a quick side note, but relevant tangent into my work. It's, man, Crystal, there's so many people who I work with and who I've worked with in the past who the center of their solar system or the sun in their solar system is their job. They'll literally move everything in terms of their health, their family, their leisure time, their vacation, their their spiritual growth, whatever it is, they'll put all those things to the side just for their job and their career. And to me, 
what resonates so much about what you said is it is possible to live a life right now where you are doing your work, you are making all the money that you want to make, and you are thriving in your relationships, in your health, in your personal growth, in your spiritual growth, your community, in any other aspect of life outside of the job. Oh, absolutely. In fact, I will tell you, that's I, I left California and came to Florida intending to be in Miami. That was my intention. And I took a position with a school and, uh, you know, it, it seemed great. I love teaching so much and it sounded wonderful and I had taught with them before. So I thought this is perfect, but you know, lots of things have changed in the world and the way the teaching is happening is different. I found out it wasn't that much fun for me anymore. Mm. And then I recognized like all the, I love my coworkers there. I have some really cool faculty, but they're idea of like what's important to them is like this job and their families and and so they literally were live for the job so it was okay if the job took a lot from them because that was their primary thing and for me i actually took the job because i wanted to hire an administrative assistant Mm -hmm. and i was like well that'll pay for it and i love teaching and so at some point i had to recognize that i'm gonna work a job i hate to hire someone to help me wait, I'm just going to go do the stuff that I kind of don't like doing, but at least it's for me. Right. And, and so I was able to let that go. And I also was able to look at my finances, right? So the knowledge is a piece of that. I was able to look at the numbers and know if I could do this without that income. And so all of these pieces are in place. But what first had to happen is I had to look at it and go, okay, what's happening here? Is it working for me? It was requiring a lot of me to first of all drive from Miami to West Palm Beach for the job. Wow. Yeah, it's, wow. it's, it's, it's it was a trek. And uh, <laughs> and so I'm driving, which not a problem. Driving really is comfortable for me. I'm fine with that. But so then okay, now we're adding more classes. Okay, now we're going to spread them out through the day. So when you get here, you have to linger and wait for, you know, between. Mm. And so the job just kept costing more and more and more. And so we really have to look at things and say what does my daily life look like and what does it really take for me to have that life and if i'm going to do a job what is that going to take from me and does that really allow me to then balance what i wanted my life to look like Mm. and And those are very deep questions they are and and it's kind of like stepping out of the matrix if you find that you really don't want to sell your time to this company for a job you'd rather have a little bit less and a happier life it, that's not okay in the world, right? People are like, what? What's wrong with right, you? But we're right. supposed to have more, more, more. And well, what is more? I've actually shifted my conversation from abundance to prosperity. Mm. Because I don't want more. What's the, the, what's the, yeah. I was going to ask you, what's the distinction there between abundance and prosperity? Well, we can have abundance of problems. We can have an abundance of stuff where we feel, you know, hoarders have an abundance of stuff. And so abundance can be good. Right, we can have an abundance of money, an abundance of time, and those are positive attributes. But when we say prosperity, then we're saying not only having a lot of stuff, but using it in a powerful way that it supports the life we want. Prosperity, that means that you have the all the money you need, right? But not so much excess that it creates 
problems. Remember the money creates problems? Well, only if you have so much that you don't really know what to do with it. Now you, you're busy trying to find out what to do with your money. Right. <laughs> it's not a bad problem to have, but it does create, in fact, a problem when you have excess. So it's about prosperity, which is always understanding that there's enough. For me, prosperity means understanding that the source of money for me is not out there. It is in me. Mm, I love that. And everything that I need will come, because not because I sit and say om and, and meditate, which I do, but that's not why mm. I do that. I do that so that I can be aligned, so that I can be a light, and that then from that light place, money is attracted to me. And yes. people say, I want to work with you. The more I shine my light, the more people say, hey, how can I work with you? What would it take to work with you? Can we, I don't want to do one-on-one co one coaching. People are like, can I coach with you? you know, so it's like, okay, yeah. you know, and so you'll find that you have an abundance of opportunities, but I don't really, I would, would rather have a few prosperous clients than an abundance of clients, right? Because what can I do for an abundance of people? Maybe I can teach you, but that one-on-one -on -one stuff, for me, that's sacred. If we're going to spend one-on-one -on -one time, you're going to change. So first, we're going to make sure <laughs> you mean it because I'm not, I, I'm not here to spend my personal time with someone who isn't making a massive shift in their lives. Right. But if someone wants to change, I, then I'm easy, Alvi. You, all you have to do is just show me how much you want to change, and uh, oh, then I'm a sucker because I love someone who's ready to go deep into the work. Mm, that's so beautifully put, and I love that this understanding of how sacred your time is, and because of that, you want to make sure that these people who are spending close time with you, like they're very much bought in, not financially only, but in the sense of like, hey, they're ready to put in the work and take the steps to go after it, whatever it is for them. Oh, exactly. Because let me tell you, there are a lot of people, I was here, this is why I recognize it. So yeah. I'm not judging it, I'm just acknowledging. But there are a lot of people who just want to hand you the money and the problem be solved. Mm. Oh, I signed up for your program, it was $6,000, so now my problems should all be solved. Well, yes, that's true. For me, when I say yes to something, Three weeks before I ever get to the thing, my life starts changing in that way. Mm. But I don't say yes unless I mean it. Right. So when I say yes, I mean it. That means my energy is shifting. Everything about me is thinking in that way now. I've already accepted that shift in my life that is my intention of that thing I've said yes to. And so when they come to me and they say, okay, yeah, yeah, I'm desperate. I want to try your program. Here's some money. No, no, that's not going to help you. <laughs> Thank right. you. I love you for your confidence, but no, here's how this is going to work. Let's talk about why you want to make a change. How hungry are right. you? Oh, well, it's kind of uncomfortable. Okay, well, I have, I have a money program for you. It's free, in fact, right? This is why I've created a money course that I've created right now that is free because some people need some help, but they don't really mean like let's dig deep they just mean i need someone to help me not spend all my money <laughs> you right. know and that's okay <laughs> and if you're there why are you going to spend more money with me for me to basically smack your hand and tell you not to spend money i have a course for you. <laughs> right. it's free take the free one a hundred percent a hundred percent and for me that's prosperity that's the difference is being able to say i don't need twenty thousand clients i want to help in a big way those who are ready to make that big impact. 
I love it. I love it. And and it's it's very much how I look at any I guess I'll call it a business relationship when, you know, money's being exchanged. But what I mean is like it's just so important that whenever somebody is going to make an investment with another whether it's a coach, professional, consultant, whatever it is, understand that you get to be ready to do the work with it. It can't be as simple as just like, hey, like you said, I'm just going to throw my money at you and hope that my problems go away. Like, no, like maybe we can help you with like the structure or, you know, ideally get clear on exactly what it is that you're looking to accomplish. But at the end of the day, that success is going to be 100% dictated by the work that you put in and how you show up for yourself. Absolutely. And I'll tell you what, one of my best early on, way early on, I was actually trying to do one-on-one coaching at the time. And one of my early clients in that way, uh, she was a one-on-one client. And uh, (laughs) by the end of her time with me, she got really clear. She did not want to be an entrepreneur. She didn't like any of it that we were doing. She, all the things, you know, I really helped her get a strategy. We looked at what does your life look like and what does it feel like to be this? She was like, I don't like any of this. That was probably the most valuable work she could have done on the planet. Absolutely. Why waste years and years chasing a dream when, when you look at the big picture of that dream, it doesn't even paint the picture you wanted. Right. And so that's, for me, I understand now that money is our tool. It is our support system. It's here to help us build the big dream that we have. And I like to say all the time, I think you heard this live, Abby, probably. um, But when you're going to throw a party, what kind of friendship would you need to know someone's going to show up? I know my right. girlfriend Vanessa is going to be here. If I, in fact, my birthday's coming up, I don't know, in a few weeks or whatever. And I'm not even thinking about it yet. And she's already asked me several questions about what I want for my birthday. And I know she's <laughs> got me, right? That's she, We've got that kind of relationship. And right. when we can understand that that's what gets our friends to show up, not because we're awesome or because we have whatever, but because of the relationship we have, then we can start to understand that money isn't any different. It's an entity, it's energy, it's gonna flow where it feels welcome. And if you're saying money is evil, who wants to hang out with someone who thinks they're evil? Facts. (laughs) Like, no, thank you. Um, Go ahead, you know, I've met people. Look, I came from a small town and my son just left that small town. He said, well, I understand now that I need to let go of any judgment I have for anyone else for how they were living their lives up until now because I'm probably being judged right now by the same judgments from the people back home. Right, and, right. and when you, yeah, someone's always going to be judging you for what you're going to do. So you got to let mm-hmm. all that go and just, tr- honey, just trust you're going to be judged. And then it's like easy, right? Oh, yeah, of course somebody's, thank you for showing me who. Thanks. When someone shows you the judgment, thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Good luck with your life. I'm going to be over here having a really awesome one with mine. Uh, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. Because it's, it's something we can't control. We can never control what, how someone else is judging or thinking of you or like what they say. Zero control of that. So why waste the energy? Exactly. So then you start to create a relationship. Because you're not concerned about what whether you're allowed to have money, not allowed to have money. Is, are people going to judge you if you have it? Are they going to judge you if you don't? You, you just, you know what? What's my relationship with money? 
you know, we, we got our thing, the rest of the world doing their thing. And then when you have a party, what happens when your friend, when you throw a party? Your friends come. Friend shows up. <laughs> and and money, sure. we're friends now. So money's going to come. Money's going to support that. And again, I just I want to remind, because we talk a lot about the energy of a thing. This doesn't mean that we sit in OM and then it just comes. But it means that we get inspired. You know, this, I've gotten so much traction from this free money course just from... I, I said, I have white space. I'm semi-retired. What can I do that will help the world in a big way that won't keep yeah. requiring my energy over and over? I'm going to create a free money course, record it, and then it's there. So this is something I wanted to do from a giving place. But now I've got people who want to have conversations with me that I get to help in that way. I'm not doing any marketing. I just shared it for free. Right. But, right. but that's because I trust. But I didn't just sit on the idea, well, I would do that money course if I could get paid or if somebody would give me yeah. money. Right? Then, that, then the course doesn't get made. And trust me, the marketing people are like, what are you doing? You're giving away so much for free. But who cares? I'm a prosperous being. I'm never going to run out of content. That I can promise you. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a professor for 20 years. So we don't run out of content. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. So I think that just following that vision of what you want your life to look like and then building relationships with the people, the energies, the money, all the parts that are cooperating components of that life you want to create. And that's all the action it really takes. Just being aligned and when you're inspired, do that. I love it. I love it. It's so it's so simple. And, you know, a big distinction I always talk about is that there's this distinction between something being simple, but not necessarily easy. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think something or a couple of things that we discussed in our time together here is how important it is and simple it is to get very clear on what is your vision for yourself and your life. What are the actions that you're willing to take right now? And then from there, trust the process and continue to put the reps in consistently. And before you know it, all the things that you're looking for, which are, like you said, already inside of you, are going to show up. Absolutely. In fact, now I use as a litmus, litmus test for myself. I think I'm saying that word right. Litmus test. That's correct. That's, <laughs> so that's correct. I use as a test for myself now. If I'm not doing it, I must not mean it. And so if I'm not doing the, okay, I said I'm going to do this and then I'm not doing it. Okay, I readjust, try it again. Okay, third time, haven't tried. Why am I not doing this? Then I go back and I say, do I really even care about the outcome? Because if I'm not putting in the work that I know it takes to get something, that means that somewhere inside, I either don't believe I can get there or I don't want it that much. Right? Like maybe I don't really want it that much. Like my son would love to have a college degree but he doesn't really want to go to school. Yeah. <laughs> you can't really have both. Yeah. And so like, maybe you just don't want it that much. And it's okay to let yourself off the hook when mm. you recognize that you're not putting in the work for something and you realize it's because, well, it wasn't really my goal. It was someone else's goal for me, or right. it was a should goal. We talk a lot in a program I'm in about should goals, letting go of the shoulds. And mm. if you're not doing the work, it's probably not even your goal. That's so accurate. It's so accurate. And that's it, it's it's so funny that we're able to have this conversation because 
so much of what you were speaking in terms of money, finances, and ultimately like creating the life that you desire is very much in alignment with what I teach in people's holistic health from a physical, emotional, mental, spiritual standpoint. It's this idea that we have these two variables. You have your goals and then you have your actions. And it's like if your actions are way down here, but your goal is way up here, well, you typically have one or two choices. You can either bring the action up or you get to bring the goal down so that there is that congruency, that there is that alignment. And ultimately, that's going to make more sense in actually being able to, I guess for me, like have peace about how you're going about things in your own life. Exactly. And then instead of trying to say, well, well, I don't understand why I'm not getting my arms in shape because I'm lifting these five pound weights twice a day. Right. So you could you could look at it like that and we can say that because, well, obviously two lifts of a five pound weight, you're not going to change your body from that. Right. And it's like maybe you could lift five pounds. Good for you. And so it's really about knowing that those actions are lining up to meet those goals. Right. And like you said, does that match? And for me, especially with money, I've noticed that people have this idea of what they're supposed to have to be successful. And and that varies. Some people, their idea is they need to have less so that they can be more in suffering. And some have all the way up to they need to have the most of most toys of everyone, right? Those with the most toys wins. And it's really about for you finding what is your level of enough. What is your level of happy? And, you know, for me, I'm a Taurus with a Leo moon and rising. So I love my comfort. So my bed is a Tempur-Pedic. My covers are fluffy and comfortable. You find what fits and works for you. My friend Vanessa, she has a thin mattress on the floor because that's her. She loves sleeping like that, closer to the ground and connected. And so we have different needs and neither of these are wrong. Right. She's not that comfortable in my big pluff fluffy bed and I'm not so comfortable in her flat one, right? So you just learn what works for you. And I think for most people, finding their own definition of that. So the work you're doing, Alvi, in the world, just can we give you a shout out for that? Because, oh, how beautiful. Because Uh, I appreciate that. Yeah, that's the piece. Because we can make a financial plan all day long. But if we made it for someone else's vision, what's the point? Right. (laughs) Right. So getting what that looks like for you. Do you want fluffy or do you want it rustic? Do you want it, you know, do you like rich indulgent foods or do you like healthy light foods? Uh, Also, how do you want to feel that food that you eat? You have to pay attention to how food affects your particular body. What are you choosing right now that makes you feel great? And so I think, like you said, the energy of a thing, whether it's money holistic wellness, whatever we're going after, it really is about aligning what it is we're looking to have and embody with the behaviors, the activities that we do so that we can essentially bridge those two together and and have the life we want for real, like not just in our minds or not that we're working for it someday in the future, but to have it tangibly in our face right now. Amen. I mean, that that was so beautifully stated and we could literally do a whole nother podcast 
on really understanding what's right for you as opposed to what you quote unquote should be doing as uh, society says. Absolutely. So I really appreciate you, you know, bringing all of that up. And I would love if you could to kind of take the podcast home is, is let the listeners know what your 30 day money challenge is all about and what was the inspiration to create it and also what are some of the, like the tangible things that the listeners could get from it yes absolutely so the intention of the course it's called the the get your money shit together 30-day challenge and what really happened is i i i was trying to be retired alvi as i as i mentioned before uh but white space creates creativity right it created space to offer and i felt an urge to give and i was noted the reason i felt an urge to give i was noticing in the conversations i was having with we're talking about professional adults these aren't people who are just young kids trying to come out of college but real adults in the entrepreneurial world and in the job world and over and over and over the same phrase i need to get my money shit together this is why I named the course this. I was like, okay, fine. Then we're going to do this. Here you go. I also recognize that I'm shifting from the money planning piece to the money energy piece. And Mm -hmm. I can see my work shifting into the energy side of things, but there are some fundamentals of knowledge that you need to know. And it just so happened. April was financial literacy month. And I felt like giving. And so what I thought was going to be a one-off two-hour deal ended up being inspired to be 30 days of just giving some content every day with a little activity sheet. And now my commitment is to give it in 30 days. How people digest it, not attached. So, so you can do it in 30 days, 30 weeks, 30 months, you know, however you want to do it. Uh, but for me, Again, that lifestyle piece, right? I said, I'm, I'm willing to give this energy in April to produce it. And the inspiration that. is that I believe everyone should have access to real financial information, not just a cookie cutter, do this, do this. And you can't really get to your real financial information by watching someone else's version. So I wanted to create something where I teach a principle and then give you some activity to do that starts to put your stuff in order. So this is about integrating what you know about money to the best you can. And then you have these modules where you can go back and say, okay, now I'm ready to look at this piece. And so I designed it in three sections. The first section is all about like that digging in the garden part. That's where we write down the numbers. We talk about what money means to us identify our stories around money Mm. start to say okay what is it i'm telling myself about money is that true do i want it to be true what would i want to be true instead and then so that we can start thinking about strategy in the second 10 days which we just finished actually in the uh, live version uh, we just go into all of those things those same elements but with fine tuning okay so i'm talking about my income well what kinds of strategies do I want to create to bridge the gap between my income and my desired lifestyle? What are the strategies? So that second part is all about the action, the doing. And then this third portion that we just entered in the live session is all about the expanding of what you've learned. So maybe those lessons you'll come back to over and over. 
and you're just expanding. So you're taking this knowledge, you've dug your seeds and planted your garden. That second portion is all about what strategies, how do you water it, how much sun, you know, how long do I let it wait? And then the third is, okay, how do I expand that? Now that I've gotten that, that basic money stuff in order, where am I gonna put the money? Because what's gonna happen is I'm gonna to start to have over, overflow, right? As we get yeah. it together, we're gonna to have overflow. And so part three is all about the overflow and how do I expand and navigate having the having money for, I can't tell you how many people are like, <laughs> oh my gosh, I have money now, what do I do? Because it's easy to go out and try to be striving and earning, but once you start earning and your money starts earning, and then you get to relax a little bit, then it's about having money and so part three is all about the having wow i love that how powerful well thank you yeah and i think it's amazing like, I'm, I'm always just i'm so grateful to be surrounded with so many givers and you're another person who has come on this show and who i've also gotten the chance to spend time with that is taking their life lessons their skills and freely giving it away, knowing that the impact that it's gonna have on others and the impact that it's gonna have on yourself at the same time. And I love how you're creating a space now where you are creating the energy where the people that are meant to be working with you are going to come in your life. And you're gonna have the peace of saying like, hey, all the time that I'm spending doing the work that I do, is intentional and is in direct alignment with my own dream life. And I think that is so beautiful. And I so, so, so appreciate the work that you're doing, Crystal. Well, thank you. Yes, I like to say every time as a party, we're just going to play and see what comes up. And if you want an intention, we set that intention. And whatever you want it, it's going to show up. I promise you that because the intentions are never in vain. And uh, it's just when we let ourselves have fun and do it, because it allows us to let go of how it shows up. And so thank I you for that. seeing that because yes, absolutely. It is it's truly about bringing to life the light that is inside of each one of us and allowing us to have, right? To just be in a prosperous journey. And more importantly, in that place of prosperity, able to give again, right? So I'm in a place of prosperity now and I'm able to give. And think about that, the more people who get into a place of prosperity, the more you'll be surrounded, Alvi, by more and more of us because we're growing. <laughs> amen, amen. And, I, and I, love the, I, I love the distinction you use between abundance and prosperity. And that's something that I'm gonna be reflecting on and meditating on uh, the next few days because one of my favorite affirmations is that you know, I'm available to more prosperity than I've ever imagined, experienced, or manifested. So you brought a whole new light to that affirmation of mine. So I really appreciate it. Awesome. I have one more for you. I know you're wrapping up, but this one is so good. I heard it from a friend who got it from some inter intergalactic shaman who got it from, I don't know. But listen, it I is it. how good can you stand it? Ooh. Isn't that so juicy? Ugh. <laughs> how good can you stand Stand it. And so sometimes when I catch myself at the top of like, I'm feeling so good or whatever, and I think, what if it could go bigger? How good could I stand it? And just embodying <laughs> that, like allowing it to be better and better and better. Oh, so juicy. So juicy. 
Oh my god, that is really really good. <laughs> I literally got a little. <laughs> I literally felt it inside good. of me when you said that. You literally like I just felt it in my body. Oh my god. Yeah. I love that. Yes. How good can I stand it? Mm. Yeah, that's powerful. I'm literally smiling right now thinking about Absolutely, that. Absolutely, <laughs> me too. That's awesome. Well, Crystal, again, I appreciate all of the time. For everyone who's listening that would love to find more of your work, uh, you know, where can they find you online? Where can they find the 30-day challenge? Let the people know. I have made it easy now, Alvi. It is simply my name, crystalgifford.com. And crystal is spelled oh. just like the rocks, like the stones. C-R-Y-S-T-A-L, crystalgifford.com. Perfect. So everyone listening, I'll make sure I put that in the show notes. Please, please, please make sure you check out Crystal, no matter where you are in your money and financial journey. Crystal, again, thank you so much. This was amazing. I can't wait to do it again. Absolutely, Alvi. Thank you so much. It's been my pleasure. Awesome.